ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌಭುನತ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂ ಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಹರಿಯೋಮ್ ಎವ್ರಿವನ್ ಅಂಡ್ ವೆಲ್ಕಮ್ ಟು ದಿ ಯುನೋ ದಿ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಕೋಟ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಕೋಟ್ ದಿ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಸತ್ಸಂಗ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿಸ್ ಇಯರ್ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ಸತ್ಸಂಗ್ ವಿ ಡಿಡ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ ರಿವಿಷನ್ ಬೈ ಅಜಯ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಸಮ್ ಶೇರಿಂಗ್ ಐ ಥಿಂಕ್ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ದ ಒನ್ that we are really really starting off with uh, manisha panchakam and continuing the tradition of uh, chanting the shlokas you know today we have subhu first chanting the two shlokas what uh, uh, what we going to cover today and then we will uh, go off with our aha moments over to you subhu hey thanks <clears throat> uh, rajesh okay uh, i'll just start <clears throat> annamaya dannamayam mathava ಚೈತನ್ಯಮೇವ ಚೈತನ್ಯಾಜವರಧೂರೀಕರ್ತು ವಾಂಚಸಿ ಕಂ ಬ್ರೂಹಿ ಗಚ್ಛ ಗಚ್ಛೇತಿ ಕಂ ಗಂಗಾಂಬುನಿಬಿಂಬಿಂಬರಮನೌ ಚಾಂಡಾಲವಾಟೀಪಯ ಪೂರೇ ಚಾಂತರಮಸ್ತಿ ಕಾಂಚನಗಟಿ ಮೃತ್ಕುಂಭಯೋಂಬರೇ ಪ್ರತ್ಯಗ್ವಸ್ತುನಿಸ್ತರಂಗ ಸಹಜ ಆನಂದಾವಬೂಧಾಂಬುಧೌ ವಿಪ್ರೋಯ ಸ್ವಪಚೋಯಿ ಮಹಾಂಕೋಯ ವಿಂಡರ್ಫುಲ್ yeah anyone can start off with your aha moments and maybe you know uh, i would probably suggest muku you know i know you posted something i didn't have a chance to look at it um, do you want to start yeah it is more of you know i i heard the story before uh, when i was reading it last night you know then i was, uh, listened to my guru speak that story many years back so i was looking for the video it is just really amazing to kind of connect that story now i'm reading through the scripture of that Uh, so i just uh, it was it is really i just loved it uh, you know i mean when i heard the story before but not the scripture but now looking at it from the scripture and the context of the story is uh, very very beautiful for me so it's loved it yeah, connecting the dots you, that is the story uh, of chandala or something else yeah the same thing the chandala story so he he just describes the event kind of from his perspective and and, and what what shankara and you know this giving context for it. he kind of reiterates that the chandala is no one other than the shiva himself i think yeah that is that is one one reiteration i think the second one was around like you know how the how anybody right like the whole principle of sanatan uh, you know enlightened masters is if somebody else can take you one step ahead you you are just surrendered to the other person there's no there's no ego in the play right like i am x and you are y uh that's a whole that's a, this is a very powerful understanding because shankara at that time was was a very powerful le- uh, uh, spiritual leader right and then this person uh is upgrading his understanding uh or he, it was a blind spot in his understanding right so he's upgrading him so he does not hesitate he falls at his feet and 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 moves on from that point i think that's 
that to me was really like a big aha you know how the if you're really a seeker there's no room for ego that was to me the aha right if <clears throat> in the path of seeking there's no room for ego or who i am or social status you know they just they take the look at the truth and the truth upgrades you 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 are you are you are adopted uh, that was very powerful also listening to that satsang yesterday uh, in that context so just one thing i wanted to add here was the way he had explained is that it was the disciples who said gachu gachu so i think uh, it was you know what shankaracharya could have done the best as a guru of those disciples that falling onto the feet of him so it's not necessarily that shankaracharya had a blind spot or he was at wrong but because disciples did it he completely showed that this is the way it should be done that he fell on the feet of chandala uh, i mean that's yeah, good I'm good point saying. yeah yeah, <clears throat> yeah you took away my that, no? yeah. go ahead ajay yeah sorry i said alpana you took away my aha moment or my moment of uh, feeling good because i was like if shankar shankaracharya could be in that position uh, where he was he had the ego or the arrogance or whatever and he couldn't see through you know the the learning that he was propagating and he was a big spiritual leader of the time i was like feeling a bit sort of reassured that i'm like you know you know i'm okay i'm like <laughs> but but you make a good point about possibly it was not shankaracharya but his disciples who were being given a lesson in uh, in vedanta that's one version isn't it alpana uh, i believe there are a couple of versions of the story and that's one version is what i heard in uh, the youtube talk of uh, uh, spg yeah and what was the other version um, um, that he himself said that's it himself said that okay but he also said both he, he doesn't know whether it is himself or the disciples but i was yeah. uh, interesting wow. yeah i think that has always been a point of sorry it's a point of contemplation right i mean uh, i mean uh, dispute that whether he said it or the disciples said it but i think the essence that is also coming across is uh, you know the the absence of vidya garvam you know uh, the absence of uh, knowledge i mean arrogance or pride because of knowledge right and uh, there is one point which comes across in one of the readings i i had was uh, you know the vidya garvam is a very uh, different thing you know uh, you know you can get arrogance because of wealth you can get arrogance because of your accomplishments but the point is that when you lose your wealth your ego goes away right when you actually uh, they say you know pride goes before a fall right so when all these things it's easy to get the get rid of the arrogance and the ego that you have developed because of wealth and accomplishments but in vidya garvam i think the uh, point that is being made is when you share knowledge or give knowledge to other your knowledge only grows yeah so unlike wealth or accomplishments which you know goes at a fall in this case i think it is more important for one to be aware that uh, he doesn't develop this ego because of you know attaining more knowledge because when you partake in sharing the knowledge or giving it to other people it only grows yeah and and for shankara to be um, you know bowing down to a chandala right uh, at that instant very instant uh, shows that he had 
no uh, you know uh, vidya garvam or you know uh, ego because of the knowledge that he was uh, having actually there is a um, there is a conspiracy theory that i would like to propose here right so i think you know all the great sayings you know people who write great books and uh, spiritual books they they want to make it more popular they will say that, you know this has been written by shankaracharya and attribute everything to shankaracharya so i think manisha panchakam you know i do not know whether it was actually the gacha gacha was said by his students or by, by him but they just attributed it to him so that manisha panchakam can become popular and the yeah, gacha right. gacha is not part of the the sort of pre script right yeah it it actually comes uh, you know in the first thing right kimbruhi gacha gacheti so the gacha gacha is the, the first thing is that the dede chandala gacha gacha the you know the obviously uh, doesn't say who did it yeah yeah it's it's a it's prior to this actually and which is when the chandala starts uh, reciting these two verses and i think there's the art Go ahead. Go ahead, Satya. Yeah. Now I was saying that this is a standalone uh, one, right? So this is not part of any uh, Upanishad or anything like that. Uh, no, it is not part of Upanishad, as by my understanding. It is uh, uh, instant which happened, which resulted in the Manisha Panchikam, right? Yeah. It's an event, actually. No, But yeah, the event like summarizes that. the event summarizes the crux of. uh you know vedanta suppose when you go through the manisha panchakam there are five verses each verse is a mahavakya in itself right the first one is pragyanam brahma the second one is you know aham brahma asmi tatvam asi you know and uh, i am atma brahma so it comes in that so it's an event which is um, you know which has the crux of the upanishads and vedas uh, you know in it it's like tatva bodha or any of these compositions that uh, shankaracharya or others have written so it is it is the veda then you got the gita and then you got the the third level in the prakaran 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 granthas so the prakaran granthas are the foundational text what you are talking Correct. about the sthanatra that has the third one as brahma sutras not the prakaran granthas right right sorry thank you yeah prakaran granth is the foundational text which are like tatvabodha vivek chudam oh okay okay oh, they are the ones okay got it got it so this is one of them is it uh, alpana uh, manisha panchakam yes it is uh, prakaran granth not is prasthana. prakaran granth that's what i thought yeah okay prasthantraya is vedas gita and then uh, brahma sutras brahma sutras yeah fair enough yeah fair point and vedas means basically it is upanishads not the kanda portion of uh, vedas correct sorry yeah i think the other point that stood out for me was uh, the sense of equanimity right uh, it it takes you back to the 5.18 verse in bhagavad gita seeing uh, you know uh, samatvam in uh, everything that you uh, actually encounter and seeing everything as brahman and i think that comes out uh, in the questioning and uh, other things that uh, the importance of equanimity is basically the foundation on which uh, you know uh, of advaita you can say maybe you know non dualism uh, to see the you know uh, brahman in everything so that was the other point which i took you know from this two verses 
Krishna, you're muted, huh? Krishna, you're muted. Krishna too, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, the same word Shwapakaha is also used in 518. The Vidya Vinaya Sampanne. Yeah, Ramani yeah, yeah. <clears throat> same thing um, so one one thing i um, i learned from swami spg's lecture was very nice how he uh, says hey dvijavara dvijavara means twice born a brahmin and so typically a saint like shankaracharya does not or the disabled whoever it is the saint they do not have uh, uh, jati or varna but if you are going to treat me as chandala and say gacha gacha then i am going to call you a brahmana and then so he he made that uh, exchange very uh, nice and which was implicit. And then the uh, three words that were used for uh, Brahmana there. So one is uh, Dvijavara, then other is uh, Vipra, then another is a Brahmana. So it's like the three levels. And so Dvijavara means uh, Dvi to Jaha born. So bird is a twice born, a Brahmana is twice born. When they have the thread ceremony, they are born the second time for the initiation of the knowledge. So the Dvijavara is like uh, physical action that happens that's why the thread ceremony, you could become a Dvijavara. Vipra means wise. Ekam sat vipra bahuda vadanti. We just recently had that in the main channel. Truth is one wise people call it by many names. So Vipra is the one who has then learnt all the lessons. And then Brahmana is the one who has realized that Aham Brahmasmi. Uh, so it was like this three nice levels of yeah. a physical action. Then another is the learning. And then the third one is the Brahma Jnanam. So that was beautiful. But the text has Yetivara, right? Uh, Yetivara and Dvijavara, both of them are exchanged. Yeah, I have seen yeah. even even in yeah, this... some people use one and the other, yeah, interchangeably. Yeah. Actually, fact, the Sanskrit uh, text would say Yetivara, and then the English one says Dvijavara in this book also. In fact, uh, Krishna, I uh, you know hearing you say uh, this right about uh, Dvijavara. You know, uh, Vipra and uh, Brahman, uh, Bra uh, Brahman, right? The, I I actually came upon this verse from Manuskriti, right? I don't know whether you've heard this uh, before. It says, uh, "Janmana jayate shudraha." Okay, karmana jayate dujaha, right? And Veda dhyayi bhavide uh, uh, bhaveda pro brahma janati brahmana. Okay, so so what actually it means is. By birth, everybody is born a Shudra, okay? Because you're not, you're ignorant completely of what is righteous living, right? So by birth, everybody is a Shudra. That is Janmana Jayate Shudraha. So you're born as a Shudra, okay? Karmana Jayate Dujaha. That is, it is only by righteous actions, you begin to, you know, uh, enter the new way of life when you become the Dvijavara, right? Uh, through thread ceremony, or actually, once you put a thread ceremony, you're supposed to, you know, uh, spend some time in understanding the Vedas and the righteous way of living, Dharmic. Some people have this through the parents and gurus that come in their ways of life. So they understand what is right and what is wrong. So Dvijavara is that new life that you get when you start practicing the actions, what is right and what is wrong. Vipra is when you actually, Veda uh, Dhyayi, that is the person who is Vipra is actually the one who contemplates on the study of the Vedas. So his goal is only to, his goal is self-realization. His motivation is, uh, you know, a spiritual awakening, right? And the last one is Brahma Janati Brahmanaha. That is the person who is actually, you know, truly realized Brahman is the Brahman. So if you see uh, this, this is also, you know, it, it struck me on equanimity because by birth, Everybody is equal. 
and what is the deciding factor is basically your righteousness and the right conduct and way of living which determines whether you are dvija vipra or you are brahman yeah beautiful this is there in the manushruti yeah that means it is much before everything else yeah. right from creation brahma to you know manu to uh, what is that brigu and other people right yeah that, that so, that's a good one subur right typically there's a narrative that goes uh, you know they all yeah. put everything on the whole casteism on brahm yeah casteism was right? never there yeah, yeah that was never there right this is a good one actually so the actually. entire politics around caste system is never there in our scriptures because manusmriti yep. is what is the rule of the law which has come you know uh, manav dharma shastra has come much much earlier right at the time of creation and it was it is written there it is not something that is you know uh, not there it is visible and written very much and therefore the caste system is more um, man made right and probably there is a reflection of this in the geeta as well right where the different castes are being spoken about but that's for a stable society right that's how it is actually created yeah and uh, if you see this uh, it actually gives you a, a equal footing for everybody to take on the path of realizing brahman yeah so and to become a yeah, brahman actually that's true in the geeta like bhagwan yeah. says chaturvarnyam maya srishtam he only created it so and then yeah. he explains that it's guna karma it's based on guna karma and it's not based yeah. on birth. he's yeah. that being, yeah. not by birth yeah. Yeah. not by birth yeah no absolutely and I, i mean as we discussed i think in chapter 2 it's you know it's your your dharma plus your your uh, swabhava which determines what you do right and there's one sort of commentary i was reading about the the this these verses is that obviously it over time it got adulterated and people didn't have a, a good understanding of the background and why and obviously it was driven by the ways of the you know the world and superiority and all that stuff and so one of the commentaries actually talks about how this was actually intended to tell people or you know give people that inspiration that the caste system as it existed at the you know in a way at that time it was at the peak of 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 it to tell people that that was not the right way to look at it a quick one here does karma not play any role at all in uh, this kind of a um what would i say what caste that you are born in actually no, the gita says guna karma vibhaga yoga so caste system your caste and my caste is determined by the gunas what we have and the karma what we do yeah i was about okay. to highlight that actually even where you are born but what happened is before mahabharat we didn't have varn sankar so the even the where you are born is decided by the karma you did in even previous birth so it was little bit more relevant at that point in time but what arjun said in the first chapter of gita that uh, you know the varn sankar will happen which happened because of which no pure jatis are left so now to say that it is by birth has no meaning because it's not pure anyways so now it is more based upon how you act um so we hence now we say it is not based upon the birth but it has it had significance so even to completely dismiss as shamla saying is also incorrect um why you are born in a certain family is decided by what you did so it's not random that's that's all but 
it is based upon what you what karmas you did and what kind of opportunities and uh, you know circumstances you will get some of it is attributed to that hmm. yeah basically it, it i think it all boils down to the vasanas what one carries forward and uh, where where they are born what they do and all that i think even even children born born to the same parents can um we see that there's a huge difference in terms of how their outlook towards life is and what they would want to do and how they would want to deal with situations and how they how they want to respond to uh, you know external same same external conditions so it basically shows that you know it's not the external situations that makes them uh, uh, different but it's how their mindset itself and that's the guna karma so swami ji says three axes right so one is jati another is karma another is guna so one could be like a jati brahmana but in their guna they could be a kshatriya and then in their karma they could be like a vaishya doing that so it could all be like this mixes uh, but of course when when the rulers came they kind of left all the other parts and then took only the jati part because that's like the easiest to evaluate and then just kind of gave the name kasta from portuguese which means caste and then kind Correct. of imposed it on the people and then just became what i think it's not just uh, just i think it was very malicious krishna this is my interpretation is it not even it was not a simple accidental they wanted to divide and rule right so they i mean they were very strategic right they exactly knew what they were doing and uh, well, that's at least my the way i understood history so yeah to- totally there with you mukai just didn't want to go down that uh, slippery slope <laughs> yeah i know any british, british that's the only thing is you know you know from the way the way the way caste is defined it's four only four whereas the way the word uh, the sanskrit word is varna varna means it's a shades of color so shades of color can be millions and millions so i think that's the most important differentiation one needs to make people don't understand that and they kind of you know start politicizing the whole thing anyway i think that's not what our focus of discussion here is i just on the lighter note uh, it's definitely more than four in the indian uh, reservation system now you have obcs you have sts scs and different states have different stuff <laughs> so that shade has actually come back and so Hey, uh, can you hear me? Yes. Hey, uh, I, I just wanted to add one thing. Uh, if you've seen Pony and Selwyn, or if you've read the book, uh, the PS One, as it is called now, um, so the it's not a Pilani PS One. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, the uh, if you've seen the movie. Uh, or if you haven't uh, i would recommend you see the movie uh, with subtitles if you uh, if you don't understand tamil but anyway uh, i was coming to the thing that you know there are two characters there um, one is called uh, what's the nickname for arvakadian it's tough to say that name so um, oh yeah 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 uh, bal yeah he's a vaishnavite is yeah. a very staunch orthodox vaishnavite right and his name is let's call him nambi that's his last name and then there is another uh, person uh, who's a shiva bhaktan uh, and he is actually a butter shiva butter uh, in the in the shiva temple is a shaivite uh, and they these two are brothers 
living in the same family so basically what kalki has done is he has shown uh, and apparently this is i mean it's a historical fiction but i'm pretty sure this is not creation this is how it used to be in the 800s 900s um where in the same family you can have one person as a vaishnavite and the other person is a shaivite both of them orthodox i mean the vaishnavite is is almost to the level of being militant <laughs> and and the shaivite is actually the head priest in the in the uh, you know shiva temple so it goes to show that uh, you know exactly what uh, k1 or uh, krishna says in the gita um it's so many shades of colors and there are infinite number of combinations of the four i just thought uh, it was interesting listening to this in uh, ps1 yeah that's a good point right the one one i heard also from my guru is that typically you know the the second dvija happens what subhu talked about in the manusmriti is by an initiation by a, in the gurukul right so all these kids go to they all i mean there are so many gurus and enlightened masters are so common always there will be a kulaguru who will initiate the, the kulaguru understands the vasana the, what the the fragrance the predominant fragrance characteristics of the child is and then he will put him into uh, one of the you know either become a kshatriya or a, study the scriptures or become a businessman or just do laborer work right that is determined by the vasana the other point is it doesn't stop with that right he starts with that vasana and then he can always become in the same birth he can move to the to become enlightened that is the other part so it's not a, i need to i'm stuck with where i start it it upgrades you have the ability to upgrade because once the initiation is given the you can read the scriptures and go through the journey and become enlightened in the same birth so it's more of a, you know where you start to then the destination is always enlightenment right that's the guru but the starting point is where the guru gives with that vasana that's how i understood that this framework of enlightenment to work but always the destination and enlightenment the possibilities within the same birth you don't need to come back and become an upgrade to one to the other to the other it just where you are predominant you start with like what you what your str- strength and then you just move on to the other areas that's how it was done yeah muku uh, uh sorry guntax uh, you want to say something go ahead uh, uh, i was just going to say uh, it's uh, very interesting you say that because I- i'm just reading professor vk's book it's a small book which he recommended um when we were going back and forth uh, he said uh, he, he gave me the list of all his books and uh, so i just picked one which uh, which was very attractive it said science and spirituality he wrote this back in 2001 uh, it's a very very cutty you know <laughs> small book but every page takes half an hour or more to kind of absorb and read through it and he talks about varnas exactly in the same manner as as you just said which is uh, um i thought it was beautifully written of course but uh, you you basically paraphrased one of his chapters there yeah one of the other aha moments that i've had uh, when i read this uh, the first uh, shloka itself right was you know in the context of uh, uh, the modern times if one were not to uh, 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 quote unquote believe or understand that there is 
another entity within ourselves, which is the Atma, then it actually does not make sense for, for the person to uh, have this discussion. Right, so already the first center, the first shloka itself presupposes that there is an understanding that there is an there is a uh, uh, the anamaya kosha and all the other koshas as one constituent of a human uh, uh, a human. In addition to it, there is another entity within ourselves called as atma. So otherwise, it's very very difficult to follow this uh, this subject here, even in the first shloka. Brings it out in the first section sentence itself, right? So, are you referring to this gross body which is made of annam, etc., or are you referring to the consciousness which is the chaitanyam in me? I think, um. The second stanza also, the two examples that he gives, I think are very beautiful, right? Um, so he says, uh, you know, if it is a, what difference does it make to the reflection of the reflex, uh, resplendent sun, whether it is, its reflection is seen in the Ganges or in the gutter outside, right? So nothing happens to the uh, uh, sun, right? Whether the reflection is seen here or whether the reflection is seen there. And similarly, the example of the pot, <clears throat> the space within a golden pot and a mud pot, okay, is the same, uh, you know, because finally it is space, you know, whether it is stored in a mud pot or a, uh, you know, golden pot. The only point I enjoyed reading in one of the, uh, you know, explanations was, he says, <clears throat> when he's referring to the first example <clears throat> of the sun, okay, and the reflection, it is Paramatma to Jivatma, the example, right? Paramatma is the sun and the Jivatma, the reflections that are there. Uh, but when he's giving the example of the space, he's talking about the space inside, which is the Atma inside the mud pot. So it is Jivatma to Paramatma. So when the mud pot is broken or the golden pot is broken, the space actually, you know, sort of mingles with the overall space. So <clears throat> one is a Jivatma to Paramatma example and one is a Parma, uh, I mean, Paramatma to Jivatma example. But I thought those two uh, was very hard hitting uh, examples, you know. Yeah. So, uh, 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 Subhu, what you said made made a lot of sense when you connected to the first shloka, right? In the first shloka, basically, anamaya, anamaya, pranam, uh, uh, then uh, what is it? Uh, Atava chaitanya meva chaitanya. Now, if here in the next in the next examples, they are actually introducing uh, the yeah. sun. Uh, as the third entity, which which is normally not observed, when you watch the Ganges or watch the ditch, we are focused on the Ganges or on the ditch and think them of two different. Yeah, beautiful. They are yeah. illumined by the same element. Yeah, yeah. So that's the beauty of uh, these shlokas, so powerfully uh, articulated in this. No, you know that the mean uh, meaning of the second shloka was clear from the you know commentary that was given, but. Uh, I was kind of lost on the table that was given in page six. So if somebody can articulate, um, you know, how to <clears throat> interpret it or how to read. I, do, I too did not understand the context of that. The context uh, of this, yeah, same. <laughs> you're, you're talking of the uh, the Vyashti, Samashti and that? that yeah. One? 
yeah the three tables uh, from a conditioner perspective conditioning perspective and conditioned perspective so there are three tables right so i didn't understand the context uh, no i think I relate let me let me try to explain this so you yeah. take the same example right the of uh, of the uh, uh, mud pot and uh, and uh, a space as one uh, one one example so i remember you know i was watching swami spg's lecture yesterday i was really tripping over it so he takes one glass uh, uh, you know uh, uh, glass thing mm -hmm. and he puts it across glass is half empty and half full and he says you know when he moves it like this and he says what is moving you know then glass is moving then yeah that is correct so is the space within the glass also moving right then mm -hmm. uh, people are confused whether the space is moving or not but then he says actually the space is everywhere but then it's the glass which is moving within the within the space right and so it's a perspective which is totally different so you know if we think that uh, the space within the glass is moving then you are bounding the space within the particular glass but if you're saying the space is already there it is spread within even even within the contours of the particular glass and within inside of the particular glass then it becomes much more easier for you to understand that there is a different entity than what that glass mm -hmm. is and how it looks like right True. and now um, now then you, then you take the same example you know there's two glasses one glass with clean water one glass with dirty water right and then uh, the uh, you shine a light on top of it then the light uh, reflection by the clean glass uh, clean glass with clean water is probably going to be much better than what it is on the, on, on the other one so that's the upadi upadi means the one that conditions the unconditioned the unconditioned is a light source okay which is the the last column what you would see that is the unconditioned right and when the unconditioned becomes conditioned somehow then it becomes conditioned based on how the conditioner is which is the first two columns okay now uh, now with respect to vyashti and samashti the way that we the way that i have understood is you know i remember swami guru parananda's clear example so he says that it's actually just a viewpoint okay take a tree take a tree and take a forest what's the difference between a tree and the forest okay forest is just an amalgamation of bunch of trees right but when you look at it from uh, when you look at it very closely each tree and the other tree they have minute differences but there's no uh, uh, inherent difference between what the tree what each tree constitutes of but when you zoom back outside from a far away location and look at it there's a different beauty that you see in the forest okay that is yeah. uh, samashti okay but then when you zoom in and go each individual tree will have differences that's the you know vyashti so the same thing you apply to the people right when you see each one of us each one of us are different but when you zoom out and look at it from a different view saying that all of them are different for sure because the upadis are different the conditioner is different but what is the one that makes all of them the same that's the zoom out vision is the atma and, and how do you bring in that uh, avidya maya and prakriti into this so here is the point right the point is like you know when you go closer to look at each one of them you are seeing the differences but you are not able to see what is constitutes that common thread what is that sutradhar that goes on between all the people or what is the sutradhar that goes on with with all the uh, beings okay because you are able to not see that you are able to the vision is uh, mired by the differences that have become apparent to me for example when you, you are when we are talking now you know what are we perceiving are we perceiving different atmas here or one atma across all the things no i am seeing each one of us wearing different 
different colors of dress and looks and feels and all that stuff. That's because the mind is already conditioned like that. That's the Vyashti view of the individual looking at the same thing. But when you zoom out and now you apply, you throw away that lens and you zoom out and look at this screen on, on, your, on your screen and say, okay, who are the set of individuals here? Then it becomes very easy for you because then that's the nididhyasana that we'll have to do, right? You have to shift your vision from, you know, Vyashti to Samashti. So Rajesh explained very beautifully what the essence of it is. But just to, so Satya, if your question is what, what are these three things? I can yeah. add a little bit. So Jiva, so what he's saying, Jiva is one tree and Jiva is what? Avidya. Avidya is basically if you take the whole Sattva Gun, that is Maya. Now you take little bit of that Sattva Gun and add shade of Rajogun and uh, Tamogun, it becomes Avidya, which is Malin Sattvagun. So each individual has Sattvagun with some different combination of Rajas and Tamas. So those are different trees. And Maya being the entire Satogun is the forest, what he's talking about. And then Prakriti is the, is the, the which all the three Gunas are in equilibrium. So the creation has not happened. So which is the deep sleep state where only Brahman remains. There is no creation there. So, so those are the three things that what he's referring to, what, how he was explaining about the Atma then, which is the, which is the essence of it all. So just but but quick, quick one, Alpana, isn't Brahman beyond the Gunas? Like you said, it's, it's in equilibrium, when right? Is, but I thought... When, this, so when the creation is in equilibrium state, when Prakriti, is, there is no creation. It all goes goes into the seed state, so only Brahman remains at that time. Yeah, I, mean, I, I understand that, but my point was that, you know, okay, the prakriti as a as a creation is gunas so the in equilibrium. Creation part, yeah, because they are in equilibrium, so there is no creation. So what is left behind is Brahman. So that's the and why he is going into this is that there is no difference between them. So how do you see that there is no difference? Because see, Maya and Avidya, they have the same Satogun, because of which there is Jeev and Ishwar. So if you keep reducing your Rajogun and Tamogun, what you will be left will be the only Satogun, which is Ishwar, same as Maya. So that's how he's trying to explain that there is no difference between all of these. Thank you, Alpana, for that. And Ajay, to your question, right? Uh, I remember this uh, Swami SPG's talk again yesterday. He says that you know the question of before creation, what what was there is uh, is why why creation and is 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 an irrelevant question because he says that creation is basically within time, space, and causation. So once the causation happened, then the why question is included within that. Okay, so. So be, before creation, it is it is just Brahman, and the way that you see it is why 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 everything keeps coming up is only because you you are asking within the cause within the causation principle itself. Kunz. Kunz yeah. Hey, sorry, uh, there was some background noise, so. Uh, let me just come back here. Um, okay, so 
another thing uh, that i remember is uh, one of swami ji's lectures from i think it's taitiriya the the five koshas right the five sheets model um annamaya pranamaya manomaya vijnanamaya and uh, anandamaya so so you keep going deeper and deeper you you are increasing your level of understanding and this vyashti is the individual view which persists as a individual view until you reach the manomaya kosha so the third level and then when you go from manomaya and and go into the vijnanamaya the fourth level um you suddenly transform from the vyashti view to the samashti view which means that's the universal perspective so i think sakuba uh, or satya uh, going back to your question it's almost like uh, you know to put a put a scientific thing on this it's the you are looking at one particle versus a system of particles doing something together but they are all basically the same thing is is what vedanta is saying so the atma and brahman are the same thing but we don't understand it so there are so many different ways of showing why they are the same thing and this kshti samashti is used for that is uh, my understanding yeah, thank you yeah. hey uh, alpana your uh, explanation was great in that same table what's the difference between ishvara and brahma uh, ishvara is again upadi it is not it is part of maya brahman is has no gunas nothing at all so ishvara is again part of you know what causation um rajesh was talking about um the sagun part of so first there is brahman which is nirgun nirakar ishwar ishwar is sagun nirakar it doesn't have a form but it has a it has gunas which is the maya and then becomes the sagun sakar which is the entire universe um unfortunately i need to drop off right. now but related to even the avachan and pratibhim if we want to have a discussion happy to do that in the next session yeah so we'll do that i'll try to be very nice if you did that because i am very confused about those things yeah yeah i'll explain where they fit in because i think they just mentioned See? those three and didn't say what they really are yeah. exactly so it'll be useful you can start the next session with that yeah i'll i'll just cover it in first 10 minutes in the next session yeah then. yeah, yeah. thank you great answer answer what you're saying right the ishwara and uh, um brahman brahman so uh, the the symbol the symbolic uh, way of understanding this is to to look at uh, lord tirupati balaji right tirupati balaji uh, you know he has this lakshmi embedded on his mm-hmm. chest okay so the way that we interpret that is uh, the lakshmi you cannot separate out the lakshmi from his chest he's sort of with it okay so the uh, the way that uh, you know and even by the way uh, even krishna also has uh, 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 something that he is born with a mole sort of a thing here okay that's actually the sim- symbol of uh, uh, his consort lakshmi and he actually co- krishna apparently covers it with uh, whatever garland or whatever so he does not display that whereas you know venkateshwar balaji displays that so the whole idea is the lakshmi is a creative power okay and uh, and uh, the uh, uh, the uh, vishnu 
or uh, Venkateshwara Swami or Vishnu, let me call it as Vishnu. The Vishnu is the Nirguna Brahman, symbolic representation of Nirguna Brahman. The point is, because they are so conjoined, you cannot remove one from the other. Okay? You cannot remove one from the other because we are within that Srishti here and trying to understand what is that Nirguna Brahman is. You get the point. We are already, all this discussion, all this mental thought process and all that stuff is within the time-space causation uh, aspect. And you're trying to go beyond that. Okay. The way that you need to go beyond that is to really understand what is within this and then see, ask this question, okay, what was beyond, what was that before, which, which, existed, which, uh, which existed before this whole creation was there. So symbolically, the way they represent it is, you know, the Nirguna Brahman and the Gunas are together. Okay? Hmm. Am I making okay. sense or am I kind of confusing you more? No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Finish your so, Yeah. So hmm. when you look at it from, you know, think of it this way. There's one, one, one deep separator here. This is creation. This is no creation. Okay? We are on this side. But to understand what is there on this side, you need to first really understand what the creation is all about. So they say that there was something which started with no Gunas. Then you added gunas to it. Unfortunately, when you view it from this side, you cannot separate out the gunas from virguna. Therefore, you start explaining the entire creation. And then once you understand the entire creation, then the question will come up in your mind. Say, okay, if you're saying that all this was creation, what existed before creation? Then you say, you negate the entire creation. Then you say, you cannot separate out the what has been created from who created it or why it was created. And then you say, the entire creation and who created it and why it was created is all the same. That is you. Then you shift the perspective of the person. Mm -hmm. That's when the Advaita principle comes in. That's why till that time, you know, Vaishnavite, what you see, you know, they see, they see two things always, okay? The Dvija is, uh, the, uh, the Dvaita philosophy always sees that Lakshmi and Vishnu are two separate. Lakshmi is symbolic of the entire creation and Vishnu, who is a Nirguna Nirakara, is the, uh, is the one entity who is responsible for the creation. Okay, It's just that when these two combine, the creation happens. But Advaita says that you know because these two are so close together, they are actually inseparable, it's just a viewpoint, then the entire creation does not exist. It's actually Brahman. Hmm. Okay. Only, only interesting. Uh, uh, complete this. Then it, that uh, principle, that principle, right? Brahman, you uh, in the, in the world of time, space, and causation, you say that the first explanation you give is the Brahman with this ability to create, which is Lakshmi. Okay, is known as Ishvara. That's how they, they distinguish it. Oh, okay, okay. Only one this thing that at least the text says that. Brahman is not without gunas, but gunas in equilibrium. Correct. Correct. Gunas in equilibrium. So that's the only thing. But yeah, beautiful, beautiful explanation. I am sorry, now sorry, sorry. Somehow, somehow wrapping it. Uh, yeah, wrapping my head around this concept that Vishnu <coughs> with Lakshmi is together known as Ishvara, right? Uh, what I'm not able to understand, how do you get from that stage of you know, Nirguna, uh, uh, this thing, Brahman to 
Ishwara concept. How how does that transition happen? But yeah, thank you. That that really helps. What, can can I just interject? Sorry. Uh, so <clears throat> my understanding is that prakriti is the is gunas in equilibrium, whereas mm -hmm. Brahman is actually what is called triguna atit Brahman, which is beyond the three gunas, yeah. right? That's how I understand it, because the Prakriti is still part of the Maya world, right? And therefore, it will have it will need gunas, whereas Brahman is beyond all of that. Correct. That's how that's I understand right. it. Ajay, I don't know whether that sort of okay. makes sense. Uh, Ajay, I would add that Brahman reflected in Maya is kind of Ishwara, right? And Brahman reflected in Avidya is Jiva. That's Agreed. how I that, that, that that part is understood. All I the only point I'm making is that. Brahman in itself is beyond gunas. It is not Correct. a gunas in equilibrium. Yeah. Yes. Prakriti, yeah, you're right. Prakriti is uh, the gunas in equilibrium. Brahman is without gunas. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Guns, you raise your hand. Yeah. Hey. Uh, so I'll I'll give a plug for, for my <laughs> book, which Guntax also edited in excruciating detail. So uh, Uday, uh, I had uh, exact questions and actually, uh, hopefully I start those messages. I will re-forward uh, some of those answers that Alpana gave beautifully uh, and, and Guntax and several others chimed in uh, over two years ago. Exact question, okay? So, which kind of ended up being, um, being something I, I uh, added in, into the book at that time. And I went and, you know, I have to give uh, credit to Guntax. I, I don't want to put you on the spot, Guntax, but we, I had a lot of misunderstandings on this. So finally, what I ended up doing was I, I started writing down equations. And uh, so if you go and see it, uh, so I, I, I have about 15 equations or something. The, one of the top equations is exactly this. So the way uh, I wrote it down, and there are a lot of, uh, you know, caveats to add to this, disclaimers and all that. But Saguna Brahman, Brahman with qualities, right, is equal to Nirguna Brahman, Brahman without qualities that Ajay was just talking about, plus Maya. So, so the addition of Maya to Brahman without qualities equals Brahman with qualities, Saguna Brahman, which is also equal to what we call Ishwara. So Ishwara is nothing but Brahman with qualities. That's it. And those qualities, those gunas and all that creative power, everything is all absorbed into this thing we call Maya, which is why Badri, in a lot of those debates in, the, in our mothership group, he kept coming after Alpana and I don't know if Moku responded to those, those things, but Alpana definitely did. He kept coming after saying Maya is a fudge factor, Maya is a fudge factor. Uh, I think Badri ha has some kind of an understanding and Badri was your wingy or even Saili, I think. Um, so, so the thing is, uh, it may or may not be a fudge factor, but it explains everything beautifully, right? If you don't have the creative power, then you can't explain anything. I mean, we can't even explain us having this conversation. But there is 
nirguna brahman which is behind everything so if you add nirguna with the power that manifests all the gunas then you get brahman with gunas to me that's a very simplistic understanding that's all in fact i would suggest you know as you go through this right you know there's a chapter 15 purushottama yoga when we get there this this becomes so so clear for you, for us you know maybe we should just pause it if you don't understand the nirguna brahman and uh, and 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 the saguna brahman at this point of time it's still fine maybe we'll just pause it and then take it at a later point of time sandeep yeah hi yeah hi uh sorry uh sorry so i have come into this uh, whole discussion a little late and uh i don't understand some of the terms that are being talked about so let me just first ask what is guna before i understand what is sargun nirgun i understand nirgun brahma right because that is the life force that is the life force which is running through all of us so what is guna and so on so the way that i understand this guna is basically a quality okay there are three gunas that we see here which is uh, uh uh the sattva. the knowledge sattva uh, rajas the ability to create work and tamas the ability to uh, be like a log okay ignorance so where with these three like an rgb color you combine it in n number of ways and then you have n number of uh, conditioning of that underlying unity that's the gunas what uh, Yeah. So, so each person is a combination of these three gunas. Yes. In fact, everything in the universe is a combination of these three gunas. Everything in varying proportions. Yeah. Just like the number of colors in this universe is is infinite, based on the number amount of RGB that can be created. The same way, the combination of the three gunas can result in infinite number of possibilities. right and so how do i understand my gunas you are asking a really good question so um i'm sorry i i haven't turned on the camera my <laughs> have a bad cold and i'm i was coughing so um yeah <clears throat> so uh, one way is to understand you know um each of these gunas separately and understand what they uh, how how do they manifest how do how do we see that guna in us ourselves right so an example being you know if you take the tamoguna right um tamoguna is um uh you know is the one that uh, on one side allows us to rest right uh, so we we get sleep in the night because tamoguna becomes predominant amongst the three gunas in ourselves now it but it can also be um uh the the lethargy um that we feel right and there are days when we might say i just don't feel it today i i i just feel that i'm dragging myself right i just don't feel as creative today right so the, the uh, to me these are indications of a tamoguna predominant uh, mind or body right 
So uh, on the other, other hand, if, if you are Rajoguna predominant, you will feel really active, but um, you end up creating a lot. However, you may also feel very restless, right? Um, um, and, and, and frustrated, there might be anger along the way um, when you're not able to achieve what you're trying to achieve. So those are all indications of Rajoguna. Uh, and on other times, we may all, we, I'm sure we have all experienced being in a state of flow, uh, completely immersed in what we are doing, whether it's singing, it's doing something else, um, and feeling that um, uh, we, we, we are able to get to that, um, uh, to that next level of uh, knowledge. So, so there is a huge amount of creativity. There's a, a focus <clears throat> so, uh, and introspection. And even the body feels light. Uh, at certain times, like if you're if you're used to doing yoga, there are days when you're able to stretch very easily, and there are days when you feel different parts of the body don't just actually move. Uh, it, it, so it is the rajoguna, the <clears throat> tamoguna, on those days that uh, even in the body you can feel it. In the mind, you feel it in terms of lethargy, activity, or higher level of um, creativity, right? And different ways in which you can be there in every single thing. Sorry? Did I go on mute? On mute by uh, somehow. Oh, I'm sorry. So I, I hope I'm, I, can, I can be heard now. So uh, the three gunas are always going to be there. Um, it's a question of which is predominant. And even in, um, in Prakriti, in environment, you can see this. Like if you wake up early in the morning um, at 4 a.m., you're going to see that between 4 a.m. and 8 a.m., the sattva guna is predominant in the universe, in the environment. And this is why when we uh, go outside at 4 a.m., the kind of energy we feel is that of uh, a higher quality of energy, right? So 4 to 8. And then from 8 to 4 in the evening, rajoguna is predominant. And that spurs us into action. The birds are chirping, the squirrels are running, and the, the whole universe is spurred into action, right? And then again, Satwaguna becomes predominant from four to eight in the evening, and then Tamoguna takes over from eight to four, um, um, 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. in the morning, roughly, right? So, uh, which allows us to go to rest, right? So even the environment uh, is, ch is changing, and we can see this, right? We can feel it. And being in uh, sync with it and being able to understand it would be part of, um, part of the spiritual journey as well to understand, okay, this is the environment. This is how it's supposed, uh, this, is, this is how nature works. And this is how my body is also working and mind. And can I be in sync with it? Because if you are in sync, there's resonance at that point, right? So these are some ways in which we can understand how gunas play out uh, both in externally in, in the environment as well as in your body and then your mind, right? So my purpose in life should be to balance these three gunas. Is that right? Um, <clears throat> the, um, uh, the way, um, again, I understand this, see, Again, we are made, made up of these three gunas. Um, let's say um, uh, we are predominant in one or the other. Let's say we are predominant initially. So, uh, so, in so I, I, just, I just interrupt you. 
how do i figure out what is predominant in me yeah um the way i would do it is by looking at um uh, doing this is introspection right nobody can tell you this but it's mostly introspection where you look at your own um uh, mind body complex and see are um the the qualities that uh, these are qualities as rajesh mentioned now they result in certain behavior do i feel um do i naturally tend to be um uh active do i tend to take uh, do i uh, like i also see things like uh, you know uh, do i end up uh, always being the one who is uh, who is the leader as an example um uh, uh, do i am i the person who is more introspective who is who prefers so lead, to so leader yeah. is who leader is sattva or rajas that, that would be an indicator of a, 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 a rajasic predominance right somebody uh, who might uh, who tends to be um you know do, do i you know, again let, let's take it with uh, be, uh, a deeper understanding here not to label something right it's more around we ourselves go through this every um you know through the day we can go from um tamo uh, predominance to rajas predominance to sattva predominance even within a day our mind body complex goes through these gunas right so it is like as i mentioned i mean some, some there are days when we feel lethargic there are days when we feel really creative how do you explain that right it's the gunas that are playing out uh, through the mind body complex right um so understanding or, that or yeah. or uh, see you may be driven by sattva right which is the truth right sattva is is it the truth um i know sattva would be the quality that uh, uh, that results in more creative thinking more introspective um uh, being more introspective being more focused so 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 if you're if you're searching for the truth are you searching for sattva no, no. maybe i'll just add uh, i'll just uh, jump in here kishor with your permission please please um, you know i i i i don't understand the line of your questioning but you know if you're searching for truth that's the purpose in life okay and in order to get to truth there certain qualities in the mind that needs to change and the qualities that needs to change is that from being more tamasic or rajasic one's mindset has to move to more sattvic because the truth can't be understood the the gita and the upanishad say state that you can understand something intellectually but that does not make any difference to one's life unless and until one sees the difference that happens in one's life the truth is irrelevant for anybody so the for us to see the difference to experience the difference in our life one needs to start moving away from the tamasic and rajasic qualities that one would have predominantly to more sattvic qualities at a mental level once we start doing that then the vision of gita or vision of the upanishad starts manifesting in our life then we will be able to see that the underlying thread that connects all the flowers in the universe so the whole objective the spiritual path is not to negate something that we are already born with the whole spiritual path is to say okay if the body is tamasic you cannot get rid of the body okay saying that you know i have to get away from tamasic gunas or yeah. you know at some point of time when the mind is lazy 
you you cannot get rid of that particular quantity uh, of uh, the quality of the lazy mind at that point of time but being conscious of it and and reducing the number of instances over a period of time what happens is you move the swing the pendulum towards satvik when you move it towards satvik then the perspective of brahman and understanding that there is this atma within us becomes a little bit more clear and that's the purpose of life to say that okay hey that is who i am not the rest of the things very very well said rajesh so uh, but to rajesh's point i mean this this is think of it like a prerequisite right to be able to understand this level of knowledge uh, there needs to be a certain amount of quality in of your mind the mind needs to be really uh, at at a certain level of calmness of peacefulness right it and um, without that we may not even be interested in this uh in this line we may not even inquire um that is there something beyond the mind and body right so even to be able to get there we there the mind needs to be in a certain place to introspect and to inquire and that prerequisite you can only get um by moving ourselves slowly from predominantly tamasic uh going through predominantly rajasic and then to reach to a predominantly satvic uh, mind the mind believe me i like um, I, uh, sorry mind as i understand is already pure satva okay however there have been lot of impurities in the form of rajo and tamo guna that have been added as through our births through our life and the whole point is to reduce that thereby letting that satva shine through and, and that is the mind that is even possible is a prerequisite to be able to understand the uh, knowledge that we are talking about so just just so on a I lighter add? note sorry go ahead just on a lighter note i think if you ask your spouse generally they tell you which guna you belong to that's easy <laughs> for most parts and they're pretty spot on we may not like it but generally that's what my experience is you know <laughs> just cut the chase self realization <laughs> yeah exactly yeah cut the chase ask them the question they give you pretty much spot on the right answer <laughs> sorry you could have you could have told this yeah. five minutes ago before i started talking i no no i'm just i'm just <laughs> sometimes you know you can not give the knowledge and give the shortcut you know <laughs> no no i i i totally get that i ask my wife a lot about myself so uh now um with the understanding of aham brahmasmi which is um satvik i assume right uh or the goodness the goodness that is there in the world that uh we are all the same we are made of the same thing right uh, brahma is inside me brahma is inside you right but to do the work in the world we have to be rajasik agreed Uh, I'll I'll give right. a different perspective to, there. To, Sadeep, right? to, Sorry, go ahead. Complete the question. To to accomplish anything in this world, right? We have to be rajasik, right? So keeping uh, everybody's uh, good goodness in mind is satwa. but to uh, to do karma yoga to do to accomplish in life for 
Arjuna to fight the battle, he has to rely on his Rajasik instinct, instincts. That's right. Right? He yeah. cannot. So, so, so Arjuna asks Krishna, I want to renounce the world. Right? I am, I am fighting against my, my brothers and my teachers and everybody. I don't want this fight. Right? Can I, can I not just retire to the world? Can I just retire from this world and become a sage? And Krishna says, no, you cannot do that. That is not what you were born for. If you, if you leave this battlefield, you have not done your work. Is my question clear? Yeah, I, I think I, I let, let me take a see. There are, I think there are two undercurrent, two underlying thought currents in your question, right? One is one is the ultimate truth, right? Uh, for example, you boil the water at hundred degrees, the the water evaporates, becomes vapor. This is science, which is ultimate science, right? Without this understanding, sometimes you know you you heat up water, it becomes vapor. Without this understanding that 100 degrees is the boiling point where this shift happens, then you're, it's an accidental exploration, right? Something happens. So that's the journey, right? So the way, the, the framework that, you know, the Paramatma, Jivatma, Nirguna, Satguna, that is the science, right? That's the kind of the framework in which everything happens. Now, the next question is um, this, this Trigunas, right? The three gunas are... Are a, are a path to experience that science, right? The end result is given, which is, you know, we are all Brahman. But my reality I'm experiencing is I am a three guna, I'm managed by this, I'm Rajas, Tamas, and all that. So my identity as at this point in time is in my identity as Mukundan, you know, I'm this, I'm Tamas, Rajas, I do this. That's my identity. But that is not the, the, the framework, so the scientific framework says, that is not your true identity. Your true identity is the Nirguna Brahman. That's how you, who you truly are. But you are stuck in this smaller identity and trying to operate the world. So the purpose of the journey, Science of Enlightenment is, you move away from the smaller identity and become the larger identity. So once you become enlightened, when you say they become somebody's enlightened, they are now no more see them as the body, mind, rajas, tamas, that ecosystem. They see themselves as a Brahman and they see the world as a Brahman, right? But then the perspective is changed. When the perspective is changed that I am the Brahman, then everything is a reflection of me. Then all the, all the other three gunas are under you, right? You, the person can manifest man, uh, rajasic. It's like a child playing with a toy. That is why once you become enlightened, they see the world becomes a leela, a play. It's no more serious. But when I'm stuck in the smaller identity, oh, my job interview tomorrow, or you know what my wife says is, you know, she's telling something that hurts us. My what my son doesn't do or daughter doesn't do bothers us. It makes us powerful. You know, we, it makes us sad. It makes us happy. We play the game in, at that identity level. 
this the idea of all these frameworks that different frameworks bhakti jnana is to move away from this identity to and have a clear understanding i am the brahman but once that experience comes and establishing you one establishing that identity then there still this drama happens in this identity then it's called as a leela so i think the question is really the, the end state and from where you are these when when the identity is in the in the smaller identity right i am the mukundan identity then all this rajas tamas and all of them you know it, it's part of that so when krishna is now guiding guiding arjuna to your question right he you have to he the guru always takes you from known to the unknown because the truth is is very simple right even if you look read bhagavad gita chapter 2 he gives ultimate truth that you know you are the brahman end of story but it is not easy to understand through the mind to grasp all that that is why all the inner science of yoga path of yoga is one way to experience it path of bhakti is another way to experience path of ved jnana uh, uh, is another way to experience it. all the trigunas and understanding of that and how do i become more and more sattva so that when i am at the sattvic level i can reverberate i this frequency of brahman that is the whole idea so it's almost like a uh, you know in science we do this you know tongs right you, the tongs reverberate in a frequency so you are purifying the body that is one path again that's not the all the path but the framework of the enlightenment ecosystem there are ultimate state is same everybody is described ultimate same and the brahman is one but then there are many paths based on uh, the individuals where they are at the mindset Uh, somebody is more like more heart oriented they are tuned into bhakti somebody is more head oriented they go into jnana and based on the trigunas play a very critical role how the journey can happen uh, that hopefully you know i mean it's a long answer but hopefully that yeah. gives a little bit of a context Excellent. so if i can if i can just add to sort of how i understand this is that you know we always go back to saying arjuna action uh, that's his that's his dharma we look at it from a single person standpoint if you will but each one of us the billions of jivas are all on their respective journey right and if you take the example of arjuna he needs to fight the battle and do the karma which is a rajasic activity if you will because he's got to kind of clear his mind and do karma yoga get purity of mind and progress towards sattva so it is a progression in a way from from tamasic to rajasic to 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 sattva and it's everyone is on a different journey so there is no right and wrong here it's not yeah. like if somebody is in, is a tamasic today he is wrong he is just where he is in the stage of his evolution period Absolutely. right yeah. and even when you do sattva if you if you're more sattva or you're more self introspecting uh, it doesn't mean you don't have rajas and tamas you still need to do your day to day tasks which require rajas you still need to sleep at night which means tamas right so it's only the 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 proportions which are changing between the three gunas but eventually once you get to sattva that is the point at which you will get you are likely to then sort of self introspect understand the self and the atma and the brahman get to self realization at which point and again this is my understanding at which point you then sort of from a from a <clears throat> from a vedantic point of view you transcend these gunas so you know so the word which i just used earlier which is triguna atit is you are beyond those three gunas is your ultimate goal 
but the journey is through the gunas. And I mean, one of the things that I strongly believe is that we always think about sattva being better than rajas, being better than than tamas. I don't think that's the right yeah. way to look at it because you need a proportion of everything to live your life. And you know, if you're on, if you're early in the journey, you will be at a different point, and that's fine. You will get there. Very well said. Because there was an underlying, uh, um, maybe the assumption that we tend to make, which is that sattva is uh, better or, uh, you know, it is what it is, right? We are composed of, it's like saying one color is better than the other. And then Ajay, you brought out a very good point, which is um, around the, if you take, if you, if you zoom out and then look at entire humanity uh, um, and where people are in different parts of their journeys. So, it's like saying, hey, you, you have a canvas with all these pixels, color pixels. If everybody is sattva, then it's going to be a blank, white, uh, plain white sheet of paper <laughs> um, for the canvas. But we are all in different um, uh, uh, you know, stages. And that is the beauty, right? That's why you have that canvas filled with different colors, each pixel having a different color, right? And uh, eventually, the goal would be uh, 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 to identify ourselves with the one that is above or transcend the gunas, because that is the identification that will lead to the path of uh, no suffering, uh, to uh, Muku's point. Otherwise, you're going to, as long as the identification is with the, with the gunas, uh, then you're going to go through uh, the same kind of turbulence that's going to happen. Uh, so the whole point is, can you step away from that? Can you transcend it? And to be able to, to transcend it, you need uh, a certain prerequisite to be even able to understand this, right? And that's why they talk about um, getting to a more sattvic state of mind, at least for this pursuit. Right. Yeah, and I think uh, beautiful, beautiful I want to add to this. Go ahead, Sadeep. So I just want to add to this, right? So, what I understand from this is that knowing that Tomasi. You're breaking up. You're breaking up. That you are that. That should. Am I breaking up? Is it just me or? Uh... No, he's breaking up. He's breaking up. I... Okay. Sandeep, you're breaking up, man. So, uh, the, can you hear me? We can hear you. Go inside, one second. I'm going to say, can you hear me now? Go ahead. Yeah, we can. Can you hear me now? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we can hear. What I'm trying to say is that the, that the, the, the guiding principle in life, from my understanding, is that tattvamasi, which is you are that, which is that in every living being there is a life force, right? And that is Brahma, right? But what will make you the world a better place 
is rajas with the knowledge with the knowledge of sattva right with the knowledge of all purity that that being the underlying theme in everything we are all i mean we are all employees of companies right our we cannot retire to the you know forest and become yogis we cannot we cannot you know say oh no duniya mein kuch nahi hai bas i will i will chant ram 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 every day and that's my life that's that's not the life at least i think i am looking for maybe i don't know if any of you are looking for so we have to translate this sattva into rajas to make things happen right to achieve a better world to achieve uh, equality for all to make our organizations you know beautiful where everybody respects each other where things are equal where you know truth prevails and so on and so forth ultimately we have to translate all this into our real lives we are not we are not going to a forest to meditate right i don't think any of us are going to a forest to meditate all of us are going to translate everything we have learned here into our lives today right andeep can i answer yeah. what you are asking just 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 a minute we are at 7:28 and i think we got three hands raised so we'll take one one minute each and we'll close this so go vidya okay sandeep uh, thanks for bringing all this up uh, really beautifully asked all the questions and everyone answered very nicely uh, yes we need to work what we need to work whether it is rajas tamas or uh, satvik but the thing is that you have to have nishkam bhav so if you have nishkam like karmaniya vadikaraste is the is the mantra that is there in gita bhagavad gita where you see we, you you just you know you just do your work <clears throat> thinking in a way that we really have to work that but have just nishkam bhav then you will understand that every living being everything is the same and once you realize that then your thoughts which are coming now which are valid i'm not saying they are not valid they will all just disappear and just practice that and maybe in maybe a month or two you will see a totally different question that you may have thank you ajay so sorry uh, sandeep the, the only thing i would say is that i think the way you're thinking is absolutely fine and that is how you're thinking right but just bear in mind that there are billions of people with billions of uh you know thought processes or, or how they approach life right uh, so from your vantage point or from my vantage point or this group's vantage point it might appear that rajas is important because we want to make a better world etc etc but even within this group which is predominantly working and uh, you know supporting a family etc etc there are different you know there are differences some people are more inclined to making money some people are more inclined to be satisfied some people are happy to retire early so we all have our variations right so i think the the only point i would make is that you know just like arjun was just one data point 
uh, your view is another data point, mine is another. And similarly, there are, you know, n number of such data points. And because we are all on a journey, my understanding is the end goal is to move from Tamas to Rajas to Sattva and not the other way around. And even though we have a lot of Rajas because we're working sort of uh, families, but the intention is to kind of move towards Sattva, retaining some Rajas, making sure we live our lives, making sure we have a lifestyle, etc. And the ultimate goal is then to transcend all of this. And, and uh, one, once you transcend, right, then the ability to manifest the reality, all the things that you talked about just happens. That's why if you really look at Vishnu, right, uh, in our scriptures, he's not active fighting. He, he's portrayed as lying in, in, a, in a snake, in an ocean of uh, thing. He's absolutely, if you look at it, he's the one who's running the, running the show, right, for the scriptures, which means once we, somebody transcends from a smaller identity and merges with the larger identity, then all that ability, the world, better place, everything happens just by a will at that point. There's no effort needed. So that is how the science plays out. That is why Vishnu is, is not running around, you know, correcting people, none of that. He, so that is why the whole emphasis is through the three gunas, transcend. And then that is the place from where the biggest impact of this world can happen in terms of whatever all the attributes that you just described. That's the, the framework. Thanks, Muku. So I think we are already crossed 732. We will probably continue this discussion. So uh, just quickly to, uh, you know, uh, make my point here and then kind of you know, say the concluding sloka. So uh, two things. One is, you know, um, see, uh, different people have different goals in life. If a particular person's goal is to understand what's beyond than making this world a better place. And while they want to go and make this world a better place. If they want to go beyond that to understand what it is, there's a path for it. If someone wants to continue to, to do what they, uh, to make this world a better place, there's a path for it. But the difference between uh, human and any other uh, being is that the, the, the thing is we are endowed with that intellect. The intellect can choose what the goal of an individual is. Right. And based on that, that individual's intellect, once it chooses the goal, it starts painting the picture what it wants to paint in the world. So different, most of us choose different goals. And um, uh, I think either Ajay or uh, Muku, what you said, you know, there are some set of individuals who choose that, uh, yes, I want to paint this, make this world a better place, therefore go do stuff. There are other individuals who say, okay, yeah, I want to do that. But I know that there's something beyond that because, you know, there is, there is something beyond. I, I can feel it. I want to understand that. And then you start doing that. So the path of the spiritual path is for those set of individuals who do that. And uh, uh, not to say that the rest of the people don't need it, but they also they also kind of, you know, are on the journey at a different stages in, uh, in, in, in their own journey. And to Vidya's point, I liked it very beautifully. It says that, okay, hey, do what you, what you got to do, what you got to do today. But bring that attitude of karma yoga where, where your duty is for the benefit of somebody else and not for you. And then automatically you start moving in towards understanding Aham Brahmasmi and making that a reality in your life. And that's with that, maybe you know, we'll continue this. Uh, one request for the next uh, satsang, right? We will start on time as usual and we'll continue with the shlokas what we do. We'll try to uh, keep the questions within the context of the shlokas what we're discussing. And uh, if, 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 you know, we will, we will probably deviate and all that stuff, no doubt, 
but uh, you know allow me the uh, uh, you know the task of pulling back the people so we will bring that back in so that it's much more you know oriented towards the sloka as what we're studying okay i think uh, rajesh uh, even sal may need that manisha panchikam we may need to repost separately i'll i'll send it to him otherwise no problem oh yeah sure we'll do that. no no alpna yeah. send that to me i have i have manisha okay panchikam. all right okay okay all right yeah so next uh, i think we will do six uh, the first one 5.1 we will do and i think we will also prob probably cover some of the things what uh, we have not been able to cover in uh, today's uh, satsang uh, in terms of the, the the three tables and all that stuff we will cover that in the next thing and then we will uh, go for 5.1 okay so with that uh, uh, i'm going to uh, chant the uh, let's chant the concluding shloka सुखिनरामयाद्रा पश्यंत मचिदुख भाग भवे ओ शातिशातिशातिगुभ्यो नम हरी ओ Thank you so much. Sorry, late by six minutes. Look forward to continuing next week. Are you? Have a good good day. Are you? Thank you. Thank you all. Great discussion. Thank you. Thank you.